Hello friends, you might have noticed us talking a lot about AI and productivity lately. Now it's time to walk the talk. We have partnered with Samsung to show you what their latest and most capable phone, Galaxy S24 Ultra, can do in your busy everyday life. For example, we ourselves are using Samsung's transcript assist capabilities to transcribe and summarize the conversations with our guests. And you can do it too in your meetings. It captures the voice perfectly and you will not need to spend any time trying to distill the essence from the presentation that your boss is giving on synergy, being a family and thinking outside the box, you know, those things. Samsung also offers another cool feature that I've not seen anywhere else, live translate. This means you can call any phone, even a landline from your Galaxy device and it will do live translation to 13 languages, French, Spanish, Italian. We all know many people in those countries don't speak English and now you can book a table in that restaurant in Rome and have full confidence that they actually took down your reservation. And last but not least, you can literally circle to search anything by just circling an object on the screen at any time. Previously, what you had to do, take a screenshot, then you upload it to a search engine, but not anymore. So that jacket someone's wearing on Instagram, just draw a circle around it and your Galaxy AI will find it. So stop wasting your time and brain power on these small everyday things. Head to our LinkedIn page to see how we are using Samsung Galaxy AI ourselves and become a scrappiness machine. Check out samsung.lv as well to find out more. Links in episode notes. Hello, hello, dear listeners. We are still at TechChill on our field trip. Uh, I'm here. Old Style comes with my co-host Jan Zeps. Hey, Jan. Hey. And uh, today we managed to catch... Uh, uh, company that we actually I met uh, I think for the last time probably in the last tech chill a, p- a pandemic ago uh, Atis Hermans and Reinhold Spirax from uh, Hack Motion. Hey guys. Hey. Hi. I think a good start would be just let's let's give the audience uh, uh, an elevator pitch on on what Hack Motion is uh, is building now. Yes. So Hack Motion uses wearable sensors to help hobby athletes to train better. So that would be in in super short summary. Uh, basically, we see ourselves as next generation wearables, uh, meaning that if traditional sports trackers gather some vague statistics which are very limited in mm. their usefulness, then we can go far beyond that. We can measure movement technique, meaning joint angles and, and advanced stuff. So we can actually give feedback to your movement te- technique, not just some statistics. What sports are you now conquering? Our main fa- uh, target currently is golf, uh, but we have also launched uh, sort of a pilot pro- uh, product in baseball. Golf, love and hate relationship of my last two years. I'm a, I'm a chronic uh, either slicer or fader. So, so you guys would be able to help me with the, with your technology. Why am I all the time fading? It's a, it's actually a very good point. Like eighty percent of golfers struggle with slice, and that's exactly the use case that we are targeting with our product now. So mm. we've, we've uh, researched together with coaches what what's like the technique that separates those guys which slice and like pro- the, the professional athletes which are able to control the ball flight. And then uh, it's exactly what the product does. It helps you to improve your wrist angles so you would hit it straighter. So that, that's actually our main pitch also for uh, a typical uh, golfer who struggles with that. As, you, as you've been around uh, and uh, went through kind of different phases, I guess you started with like more professional, as it usually is, you know, you build some kind of re- reputation in this uh, re- uh, professional circles. I, re- I remember you had some pretty big names uh, using your product. Uh, so 
Uh, how, is, how is your journey into consumer market going? Basically, our whole go-to-market strategy is based on starting with professional market. Because the biggest struggle with any kind of sports technology is that uh, you can measure a lot of things, but it's super hard to kind of get value out of it. So you have some random numbers, nobody knows how, how to actually apply them and, and make them useful. And so our approach has been that we start with profi- niche professional market, uh, so we build basically advanced measurement tools for the very top uh, coaches and athletes in the world. So they are at the cutting edge. They they strive to get the data and they put enormous amounts of energy to kind of figure out because that's their competitive advantage. And, and uh, so once we get the product to them, then we actually very carefully monitor how they use the product, what use cases arise, like mm. what kind of patterns we can see in the data. And then we are able to kind of transfer that to something that we can pack into a consumer product. So you don't no, no longer need to analyze it, but you can basically uh, get straight feedback that your pattern is not matching what's supposed to, and this is what you need to do in order to, to advance. Or get shocked on the backswing if you have the wrong wrist angle, no? <laughs> yeah, so we, we started with this professional market where there was like more like raw data, and then we take what, what are the key insights and we provide exactly the data that uh, like a, a typical amateur uh, would struggle with and, and he would need to measure and then he doesn't have to have like 10 data points but he has like one or two data points that he can focus and try to get in certain range and then it's much easier to understand that you don't have to invest that much time to learn uh, about the product. Yeah, And also now a paid ad strategy is working uh, previously to target those uh, professionals you need more content marketing and mm. go through ambassadors uh, like focus on a, this more niche market but now you, we can just uh, target people on uh, like bigger uh, ads platforms like Facebook and uh, just uh, with a, like targeted ads for people who are interested in golf and then they come to the homepage, learn about the product, understand that it can fix the problem that they have, and then they can make a decision like within a week or even sometimes uh, the same day that, yep, it looks like it's solving my problem, so that they're ready to commit. But yeah, so we are definitely at the very start for the consumer product, but the first traction is there, so we are super enthusiastic about it and, and see how it uh, goes uh, uh, till the end of the year. Uh, consumer product, how much costs? So currently we charge three ninety five. dollars uh, and that's it. So we don't have any subscription yet, and, and that's how we we are doing it right now to stabilize cash flows and and, and uh, kind of move forward. And, and uh, we see how it goes from there. So that's like eight golf lessons, roughly. <laughs> Depends on the location where you are. If you yeah, in Latvia, in, in Latvia, seven, then, eight. Then yeah, four, not four even or cut even less. one yeah. lesson. Like sometimes you may make a like a weekend camp for two thousand, uh, like in those more exclusive oh. uh, for a yeah. golf but this, camp. This yeah. market, like amateur athletes, must be very. Yeah, juicy and lucrative. Like so many people are 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 spending stuff on equipment, on 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 clothing. Obviously now on wearables as well. And golf kind of has this, uh, you know, a bit of vanity factor as well, right? You you want to have that uh, lower handicap and uh, brag to your buddies about your uh, amazing drive. So, have you encountered people um, having skepticism for these devices and just saying like, well, but old school coaches still. I don't know more reliable, or I don't know if these devices work. What do you answer to to these questions usually? I, I guess 
it's still also in professional market, like not all golf coaches are tech savvy. So there are coaches who use sort of old school way yeah. and, and uh, you can find them. But In our uh, game of golf. The, the trend of the market, uh, there's no doubt about it that it moves towards tech. Uh, like 10 years ago, barely anyone used, like mm. was the first one to adopt any kind of technology. And now it's absolutely mainstream in golf. It's becoming mainstream in baseball and we believe it's going to be mainstream in any sport because basically if it gives you some competitive edge, if it makes the whole experience better and, and more engaging, then uh, why wouldn't you use such products? In terms of uh, acquiring, we started talking about acquiring customers. So now uh, going after like B2C customers, so what, what works for you? You basically use Facebook as, as the main channel, you partner up with some, I don't know, sports retailers. What have you found out that works? Yeah, we, we are uh, mostly going direct. Uh, mm-hmm. So through uh, paid ads uh, and also referrals uh, on social media platforms where uh, you can target really well like people who are interested in golf. You can even specify that they're interested in like golf mechanics. Mm-hmm. And then uh, basically we d- bring them to a, a, our homepage where we tell about uh, the, like uh, explain them the concept and the product and then uh, retarget them. And th- that's starting to work well. Uh, and we work a lot with uh, content marketing also, like educating the market yeah. uh, because it's a new concept. So you have to explain it well and you need to also explain it to the coaches. And then you have these uh, brand ambassadors, influencers, which make YouTube videos. Some of them have like 300,000 uh, followers. So we, we can get a, a good reach uh, by by uh, those uh, coaches making basically free uh, video content for us mm-hmm. because they're just so excited about the product. So they say, I mean, I've, I've been for years uh, trying to get this concept through and now you've built a product that really explains it re- well. So they just uh, do you know, f- free advertising for us as well. So that's that, that's been really helpful and uh, has allowed us to bootstrap basically because we didn't have to pay for the initial marketing. Those uh, coaches and, 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 and YouTubers were doing it for free. So you basically gave the product, they loved it, and they they started. Yeah, we have like uh, we have we are organizing webinars for coaches in the U.S. and we have yeah. the coach of the year uh, of U.S. and the PGA Tour player coaches who are for free participating, inviting uh, their friends and uh, sharing on their media, and they basically say wow. like, lo- love to do it because they just uh, see that you are kind of solving a problem that they have, uh, and they also of course uh, raise their brand as well. Because uh, they are the ones that are uh, again explaining the concept re- really well, and they are kind of being tech savvy, so they are also interested to appear in in your content. So, are there many products like this out there? I think the trend is just starting. I think there has been big shift with e-commerce, especially for hardware products, uh, because it's a question of margins. Like uh, traditional old school way of, of distributing these kind of products is going to wholesaler, then to mm. retailer, and basically you as a kind of manufacturer of the product barely get maybe half of the, the final price. Uh, once you turn on e-commerce and are able to do all these things Reinholds explained, kind of reaching customers directly, you cut out the, the wholesaler, retailer, and you get way, way bigger margins. And that's uh, something that I think is enabling more and more uh, startups like us to to appear in the market. And I think it's still early phase, uh, 
uh, but there are already been some quite significant products that have been successful, also which have failed. So I think the market is slowly starting to to get a bit more mature and, and people understand that uh, I guess the biggest problem is what I said, the interpretation of the data. So if you just run forward with big marketing and the product is not actually useful, it's a matter of time till your uh, customer acquisition cost will just uh, uh, be sky high yeah. and, and your uh, kind of cash flows will will drop down a cliff and uh, if you can't raise more investor money then then uh, that's it and there have been some brands that have raised tens of millions of uh, dollars and and still failed and then there are uh, ones like us that uh, actually try to go maybe a bit slower but really figure out the use cases and then uh, it turns out that you can be profitable uh, very soon what about scalability i mean I think it, you know there's there's quite a few products out there that have proven that you know selling directly online can uh, be very scalable and you know reach billions of revenue just selling directly. You don't need these distributors, chains, stuff like that. But what about the production side? How easy it is for you to ramp up? You know, if the demand goes up, uh, how like uh, how is your supply chain set up? And uh, are are you affected by these supply chain issues that have been uh, around since uh, like last year? And uh, and maybe to wrap up another question, actually, how did you invent or started it? Uh, like it's a piece of technology, always fascinating. How do people create <laughs> tech, real tech? Uh, maybe you can tell that, that that story as well. Are you are you uh, saying that SaaS is not real tech or? <laughs> uh, no, just things I don't understand are fascinating for me. So you know, measuring my risk this seems seems cool. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with with the origins of, mm. of the product, and uh, so basically started with the idea that uh, if you can measure movement, then you can probably analyze it mm. and give feedback that help you you improve. And uh, I myself uh, used to work in in science research related to motion sensors, so I had quite good understanding of what is possible uh, and what you can actually measure what could be built into to real products. So we had really good insights from the technical, technical point of view mm-hmm. uh, uh, whether you can build something like advanced fitness tracker that measures way, way more things. And that's how it started that uh, we basically put together some, some uh, scientific interest of, of uh, motion sensing for the sake of it with something practical that uh, actually you can build product out of it. Mm-hmm. So, so you have it, and then about the production and issues with 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 you know supply chains and and uh... yeah. So right now, I would say we are still in very early phase for like hardware manufacturer. Uh, our volumes are are still relatively small if you compare to like real mass uh, production. So uh, at first, we a lot of our uh, procedures and and uh, the way how we did things were. Uh, closer to a few guys in a shed than uh, actual like uh, mm. real mass manufacturing, and now we are slowly transitioning. And and uh, so regarding the supply chain issues, obviously it has impacted us. Uh, but uh, thankfully, we have somehow managed to to uh, kind of strive through all of this. And and the key is, I guess, to order things in advance, <laughs> uh, be super flexible in terms of what your components are, what your suppliers are. And, and if you mm. change things around, then it helps a lot. So, so far, so good. And we'll see how it uh, will move forward. Okay. I mean, to achieve scale, I, I guess you need funding. So, I, 
Uh, I think a relevant question would be how you as a as a company in Latvia from Latvia now uh, feel like what's the availability of funding and uh, has that improved uh, over the last years because let's say some 10 years ago there were almost no companies uh, startups to invest in and uh, there were some kind of government funded funds and some money but not really companies and then over this period there was also some time when there were quite a few um, promising companies but not enough uh, investors who would believe in this region and in this market so now with you know uh, the last year a lot of rounds a lot of buzz uh, so do you sense it's it's become easier to be a startup in latvia and uh, and uh, develop i, I think develop. it it might be a bit too early to tell especially for us because we were in more bootstrap mode at least until now so we haven't really tested the waters like fully fundraising uh, but obviously the the kind of story around town is that that uh, there's more and more money coming in and we also see that that uh, uh, the interest of, of potential investors both angels and VCs are are kind of they seem more accessible than than uh, uh, previously so uh, we definitely feel that it's a great time to be around Baltics uh, but I would say mostly it's because there are so many good uh, founders to look up to and so many great companies to to look up to so it's it's become some, uh, from some uh, kind of dream story you know over the ocean in in Silicon Valley and now you see okay there are my, my friends doing the cool stuff around so it's definitely possible and I don't have really excuses so uh, let's do it and go forward but your your market probably I mean US must be a, a you know one of the core markets you would go after one big market people spending a lot of people playing golf a lot so for you from here how to sell products to there it's it's not been an issue so far you know not to not to have an office in US or something like that. Yeah, I, I guess that's another other aspect of e-commerce. So if you do it properly, then mm. I, I think most of our clients have no idea where we are based, mm. and, and so the the I guess the main challenges to go to some specific markets are if you have set up distribution there. Yeah. But if you are basically do mail deliveries from your website, then uh, it's kind of all in 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 virtual environments. So we've been actually delivering products to more than 45 countries small startup offices in, in, mm. in uh, a small space in, in the center of Riga but we can serve clients in all around the world so it's not only Europe or, yeah. or US it's also Australia Japan Korea a few units also I think to even Africa and, and South America so it's really all all over the place and I guess with such price it you know the shipping cost is not such a factor as well into the I mean so that people would be mad that it's not available in the store nearby I think that mm. overall yeah, you can exactly. swallow, you know, even like forty, fifty dollars of uh, of shipping probably if you buy something for that kind of price. So, what what's your vision in future? Somebody who plays golf, tennis, and uh, I don't know, occasionally maybe baseball, whatever other sport where motion is important, would that person have like three different sensors, or would that person have one super sensor that tracks all sports, or what's your outlook how the how this market will develop it, it depends on on the use case and uh, everything so the the main issue is that 
if you measure some particular aspect of human body, you have to place sensors there. Mm-hmm. So it's super hard to build like one platform which would track, I don't know, football kick and, and golf swing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things involved. Actually, Hack Motion started with the idea that we should measure everything at once. We want to build full body suit for snowboarding and uh, yeah. get all the data. And we thought that's going to be our competitive advantage. And it turned out that. Uh, the problem is not that there's not enough data. The problem is that you don't know what to do with the data. And so we definitely see that there can be a lot of synergy in terms of like golf and baseball where you have swing mechanics and wrist is important part. So that's where we've been. Uh, also some other, other things, uh, maybe measuring knee or ankle could be uh, beneficial in multiple sports. Mm. Uh, but uh, kind of full on platform approach, I think it's uh, a bit farther away. It's definitely something that we are uh, trying to figure out. But most of the companies which have started with the idea will build like ultimate motion tracking platform and others will build on top of us usually kind of get into trouble really quick because the physical implementation of sensors like even the stupid thing like how do you put the sensor on your in our mm-hmm. case hand so for example in golf you have these golf gloves and you can they are very standardized and you can put a nice clip and just it works perfectly and in tennis mm-hmm. nobody wears gloves so you have to have some sort of different strap and it seems stupid that it's just a mechanical thing but in the end for the end consumer, the product, like the total experience is, is the make or break whether they, they will use it. So you have to be very kind of specific to each use case in order mm. to make a product a success. Yeah, an example we had that from uh, NBA, like Miami Heat, one of the coaches came to us uh, uh, and he was like, oh, I'm excited about your product. But then he tried and he said, okay, it seems that like your strap, for instance, basketball players wouldn't uh, like ah, that because okay, it yeah. uh, interferes with the hand. Yeah. And of course, we could build a different solution from that for them, but that's probably uh, a special research and investment there. So like, a different product, basically. Well, it's a sim- like you have to adapt it. And it, it costs, of course, so it's not so easy that one product would fit both golf and basketball. Yeah, and, and that's been our strategy. Like A lot of people ask, oh, you should do this, you should mm. do that, like maybe floorball, frisbee, whatever. And those I think are, there's a huge amount of money in frisbee. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the problem that we are always looking. We know that we will have to do at least some custom development for the sport. And sure. then we just target the, the sports that are big enough for us to do the investment. Obviously, the, the more products we have the uh, easier is to to get into the next one as there are a lot of synergies for for example in, in golf and baseball the hardware is like literally the same so no difference only in mm. the software uh, so so you can do that but you have to kind of still go one sport by one kind of sad that my birthday was recently could have made a good birthday gift for myself well for for those of you listening and want to give me a gift then you know know what to get yeah, I thought of uh, that if you would do the basketball product, it's too late for Anders Biedrinch free throws. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe someday. All right. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us, and uh, best of luck uh, in your uh, in your pursuit of uh, scrappiness. And uh, and uh, how do people reach out if, if they want to get in touch? Yeah, you can definitely uh, go to our website, uh, hackmotion.com. Also, in social media, we have very active uh, Instagram and, and Facebook account, especially if you're looking for some maybe mm. golf tips and tricks. So we have a lot of content there, even if you don't have our products. So and then afterwards, these guys will retarget you, of course. If you <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. It, it, yeah. I, I can't kind of uh, say that it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. So. <laughs> Cannot deny or... Uh, yeah. All right. 
Okay, uh, thank you guys and uh, see you around. If you like this show, remember to leave us a rating or review. It helps other people to discover the pursuit of scrappiness.